Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by sexual healer, registered nurse, on, and Tantra teacher, Sherry James. Before we dive into the episode, Let's take care of some housekeeping. First and foremost, I'm reminding you to hit that subscribe button and to like and to share. Now, the way this podcast episode works, which is the way all of my podcast episodes work, is that the first half of my interviews is free to the public and available on all of the usual podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. The second half of my podcast conversations are available only for paid subscribers on Locals, which is dannycats.locals.com, as well as on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash dannycats. On both platforms, paid, sub paid supporters get access to all of my second half interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content, advanced notice, and promo codes for courses, webinars, live events. It's also where paid supporters who are supporting me at a $10 minimum level get access to monthly drop-ins with me and the tribe. And I also have new membership tiers on my Patreon that give supporters the opportunity to drop in with me one-on-one -on -one every month. So be sure to check those out and support me there not just to get second half interview access, but access to all of the bonus content and community drop-ins. Last bit of housekeeping, you may likely know by now that I am no longer posting on any of the social media platforms. That means that the best way to stay abreast of all of my offerings, including my forthcoming book, including new homeschool courses, live events, uh, 
offerings, webinars, special discounts, collaborations, new videos, is to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. When you sign up, you will get a free PDF, Five Quantum Languaging Hacks for Instant Empowerment. So it is a win-win situation. Um, I encourage you to head over and subscribe after you've listened to this episode, you've fallen in love with it, you've subscribed, you've liked, you've shared, you've joined me on Patreon, you've joined me on Locals, and that does it for our housekeeping and um, our paid subscriber pitches. Now go ahead and buckle up because I'm about to drop in with Tantra teacher and practitioner, Sherry James. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by registered nurse, sexual healer, tantra teacher, quadruple Aquarius. Wait, make that grounded quadruple Aquarius and stunning, beautiful woman creature, Sherry James. Sherry, how are you? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hot, but I'm good. Yes, he seems to be the through line today. Um, We both have our air conditioning on. Uh, Sherry, it's been so long since we've dropped in and there have been, I I moved to New Mexico, you moved to Florida. I know we we both miss California in our own ways. (laughs) Um, The reason why I wanted to have you on is to talk about men and women and the capital M masculine and the capital F feminine because you have such a unique perspective. I see you as someone who's on the front lines. Give us an overview of where you're at with, <laughs> with this these days. Ah, um, I mean, really, I've been working directly with men for 30 years because I do count being naked in a man's lap as working with him. Mm-hmm. Because you learn a lot, right? All of a sudden, um, I'm like, oh, like, guys like to talk. Maybe it's because my top is off, but guys really do like to talk and they like to be seen and listened to, right? And so that's when I started to figure out, oh, it's almost like I'm a naked therapist and I can just charge by the half hour type of thing. Um, so in, I, in what capacity were you um, naked and on men's laps? Oh, (laughs) uh, temple dancing, stripping, lap dancing, that sort of thing. So, okay, cool. um, I have to ask you, because I'm always curious to know, like, what your presentation was, like, what your costumes were, like, what your kind of archetype was when you were doing that work. I designed my own costumes. I loved a good halter top at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think back in the day I was, it's funny cause I was into harder music. Like that was like a lot of like kind of heavy metal and stuff. So I would dance to metal, which is so funny cause I've, it doesn't look like I would be, <laughs> but at the time I really, I, occasionally I still like that again, but. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I think I have like a kind of a 30 year, I mean, oh God, it's probably more than 30 years now actually arc. Yeah. Of like, you know, working with men. And then, of course, I'm aging and maturing and evolving as I'm. So 
I do feel like I have a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. And can you walk us through the trajectory? Like, I, I know that you had a Kundalini awakening. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that influenced your path? Yeah, that changed everything. <laughs> um, that definitely changed everything. So at the time, I was actually very involved in comedy mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I had this big Kundalini awakening. And the way that I like to describe it is it felt like I was being made love to by the divine. And did it happen spontaneously? Like, what were you doing in the moment? I was working with my spiritual teacher and um, Marina Del Rey at the time, and he just said, look into my eyes and breathe. And there was a lot of emotional pain that preceded that, which I think helps <laughs> to get, you know, catalyze awakenings, of course. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I felt my heart open. I went straight out and I was seeing like DNA strands going by me. And God, I get like the goosebumps thinking about it, even though it was so long ago. And I heard laughter come out of me that wasn't my laughter. Mm -hmm. So it's like I was being laughed. Ooh. And I think like laughter is my thing. You know, I love to laugh and, I, you know, I love being funny. So now I feel like the pressure is going to be on for me to be funny for this. But no pressure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... The Kundalini uh, awakening. So when you have one, you're you're given a gift, and at that time, it's kind of like if your your body's like a computer. It's like the universe puts new software in. Mm -hmm. So I got like the Tantra Sexual Healer software, mm -hmm. and it was very strange because all of a sudden people were showing up in my life to be healed that had sexual problems. And I felt like I had a web, I don't, do we even have websites? Like, in, yeah, in 2006, we had them, I think. But I didn't even have a website, literally like, oh, I got your name from someone at the gym. I need to come see you. And I'm thinking, okay. Um, I didn't even know what to charge. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, kind of how I do everything is I just jump in and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So that just kept growing and evolving over the years. And so, I mean, 30 years and in obviously in different capacities, like working with men, what are, what have you learned about men that most of us don't know? And how have you seen men shift throughout this period? Hmm. Boy, I know it's not good to have dead air on interviews, but man, that's like such a a huge question. I think that I would what probably say in the last four years, I mean, we're seeing a mass awakening of the feminine mm -hmm. that is requiring the masculine to step up and mm -hmm. in, in a way that had not really preceded this. Mm -hmm. And how do you see We'll go slowly. <laughs> How do you see this mass awakening, awakening of the feminine? Well, I think first of all, it was energetic, mm -hmm. right? And then that manifests physically. I know you're a quantum person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think me, the Me Too movement was a manifestation of that. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so how did you, cause I know that you, you have men's groups and women's groups. Is that correct? Yeah. Women's group for business, mm -hmm. um, which is very different and uh, men's group for the ED work, sexual healing, relationship stuff, dating stuff, you know, all, all that. Yeah. And so from your perspective, was it like men were kind of, kind of where they were until this women's awakening and now men are showing up differently? Well, they have to, they're, they're, okay. be, they're being required to, I mean, they don't have a choice. It's kind of like be alone or step up. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's still very polarizing. It's, yeah. it's slowly becoming not a man's world. Mm hmm in a lot of ways, and I know some men, a lot of men would say it's never been a man's world. Um, but I think if they were in a female body, they would say that differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lot, a lot changing, but it's, it's men have to really rise. I mean, if, if you look back over the years, who's been in, in all the spiritual pursuits? It's been predominantly women that are in a spirituality and grow and, you know, personal growth. And there's been a critical mass of us. Mm -hmm. So, right. So now yeah. with, of course, compassion, <laughs> ideally, <laughs> right now it's like, okay, we want to invite you to, to rise. Mm -hmm. And so are you seeing men more willing to do this kind of work and to step into deeper realms of spirituality, self-awareness? Yeah. And what's cool is, you know, there's two different options to work with me. There's privately and then there's the men's group mm -hmm. and guys are like, oh my God, I've been wanting to be in a men's group. This is great. And, and I don't know if I even would have heard that, you know, cause I've been doing this particular work for 15 years. I don't think I would have heard that 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think men's groups are also becoming more popular. Um, I think men in a lot of ways are so much more isolated mm -hmm. than women are. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely appeal to being in a men's group. And what's nice, I feel like I'm in a position of privilege mm -hmm. because I'm a female running a men's group. Yeah, speak more about that. Like. <laughs> It's different. It's different. Um, you know, guys can be, oh my God, I'm going to get emotional because it's so beautiful to watch. Oh, guys can be getting goosebumps. Um, so helpful and tender to each other. And that's what I see in the group. I've been doing it for three years and I honestly had no idea if any guys would even come come into it you know mm -hmm. it was like people are like there's no way guys are going to do this and it's it's been really taking off and it's been a great experience for everyone involved but guys are really even helping other guys and guide and guiding other guys in the group and you know there might be some nights where i just lean back mm -hmm. and they're giving each other guidance and i'm like cool, I'll chime in every now and then, right, to keep everything directed. And I think, I think the other interesting thing, because I, I feel like on some level, you may have wanted to touch on polarity today. 
Totally. Um, and I was just teaching on Polarity Monday for my group. So I'm really in the masculine position as the group leader. Like I really am kind of like the top dog, right? Yeah. So they're in the receptive and I'm in the directive. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's really interesting to be in that place, but also to stay in my feminine while mm -hmm. I'm in that place. Mm -hmm. And is so, that a, a source of tension for you? Is that, does that come naturally for you to hold both? I, I can definitely hold both. Um, and what that looks like for me, because it's a tricky thing to articulate. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. When someone's asking me a question from their ego and challenging me, it's very tempting to engage my mind or my ego. Mm -hmm. But I can still be in a place of authority and speak from my my intuition and my heart mm. so like oh i just got goosebumps, on goosebumps yeah, today that really landed <laughs> okay yeah so that's really i think the trick with female leadership mm -hmm. right because you're going to be challenged you will not anyone in the leadership position is going to be challenged um whether you're with I have my women's group, right, too. So I have both polarities. And in my women's group, I'm a, very much a disciplinarian mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. <laughs> so are you showing up more so in your masculine with the women's group than in the feminine? Until it's my turn to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm holding the container right in both situations I'm, I'm i've created the field i'm holding the container i'm attracting in but when it's my turn to share in the woman's group i'm definitely in my feminine uh-huh yeah <laughs> so i think you know it, this whole ah this whole polarity thing some of the teachers i'm seeing out there are making me cringe mm -hmm. um i had to like get like get rid of them some of the groups and some of the things on some of the guys on Facebook that are these polarity teachers because mm -hmm. I would read their stuff right and so as an awakened female I'm feeling everything with my body mm -hmm. right my nervous system's attuned I'm like a clear channel and the things I would read would like hurt my nervous system can you give yeah. me us an example of something <sighs> that you would read that would hurt your nervous system it just seems like guy, some of these guys want to take you back to the 1950s and just sit there and be submissive mm. and let them lead everything. And if you really know what you're doing about with polarity, you can have so much fun switching it up mm -hmm. and keeping the best relationships I've ever had. That's what we were able to do. And that kept it fresh and interesting. And the man was able to relax and know that a woman had his back. Right. So it just seems narrow. Yeah. Yeah, that really resonates. So I'm curious in terms of the men now being called to step up and knowing that we live in a polarity construct form of equal and opposite energetics, 
where are the women being invited to shift right now? Like what distortions are we being called on to re-alchemize? Damn, that's a good question. Um, uh, probably women are, we're in such a tricky paradigm Oh boy, it's it's everything is kind of a mess in so many ways, right? <laughs> because you know, I'm single and every now and then I'm an accidental cougar. It's <laughs> I, I've been an accidental cougar throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to these guys, let's just say the cut off his 30s um but uh, i'm talking to them in their 30s and they're like it just seems like every woman my age wants like a rich guy and like i do well i do okay i am ambitious but like i'm not rich Mm -hmm. so there's still some of that you know which that's a i don't know it's a little risky i think i think a woman still needs to be able to take financial responsibility for herself Mm-hmm. take emotional responsibility for herself and to not put everything on a man mm-hmm. unless you're married you have a contract in place you have clear agreements like as to your roles yeah so. and does that apply like like early courtship like first date expecting the dude to pay do you feel like that's some sort of distortion It feels natural. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels natural to me for the man to take the lead and to pay. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I am a business woman and a healer, and clearly I'm capable of being extremely alpha. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to. Cool. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy. And I'm you know, sometimes I get exhausted too, like from having to provide every provision for myself. So I feel the same. Yeah. I feel like, you know, similarly, I run so much masculine energy in my life, you know, in my career and all of those things. So when I am in a a romantic relationship, especially in the beginning, Mm because I I agree with you, like, yes, of course, we always want to be switched, you know, be able to switch off and play all the roles. But I really want to be the girl. (laughs) Yeah, you know, okay, so here's like, kind of a topic that just popped into my head, if you want to talk about this. So I'm noticing that even just talking to a guy on the phone, there's guys that automatically inspire me to want to wear a skirt mm-hmm. or like loose or like flowy pants mm-hmm. or pants. There, there's something in the conversation or their vibe or the, and I'm like, I would rather wear a skirt any day. <laughs> like I'm fine with that. And is that like some energetic or have you, have you tracked like what specifically inspires the wardrobe choice. it's a very masculine energetic right because yeah. if, if that energetic is there that it's putting me in my like feminine flow yeah and totally. when i'm my i wore in fact i wore even though no one's gonna see my skirt <laughs> i wore a skirt for this interview so. thank you and i'm wearing the pants so we're, we're nice and balanced see like we <laughs> did it we this <laughs> we rocked it absolutely yeah it's a very um 
I mean, if you have any topics you want to bring up, but I, I like, I kind of have some things on my mind. It's just, it's, it's a really interesting time to date. There's a lot of, I think, confusion between men and women these days that also did, you know, come from the Me Too movement, which of course is a fantastic thing, but there's a lot of like, a little bit weird. Yeah, I'm I mean, we can go anywhere because we're Aquarian sisters, so, you know, <laughs> I honor your inspiration. I find it really bizarre. I mean, I haven't been on a date in a little bit, but in I remember around like 2019, I was in a date with some guy and he said, "May I have your consent to put my arm around you?" And I literally felt my vagina seal itself up and I'm like, "Don't ever talk to me like that again. Like grab me." <laughs> But see, that is very confusing for a man to hear. I think like, you know, when I'm working with my guys, I'm like, you know, you can even like do little things to test the waters, kind of like if her hands, if you're having dinner and kind of her hand is down, maybe just like touch her hand for a second and don't think about yourself, but read what's going on with her. If she's kind of like, <laughs> right there, like, or, or even you feel like any kind of a contraction or a withdrawal, like in that, in that attempt for connection, do not go further. Okay, we have to stop because I love that you're teaching men this. I love it. It's so valuable. And I'm wondering because I've, I've always wondered, like, I'm not giving any signs that I'm interested in touch. For me, it's also energetic, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know, like, are men wired such that it's harder for them to pick up on those subtle signals? They just have to be taught to look for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, well, you have to not be thinking about yourself and what you want. Like, we know you want to have sex with us. Right. <laughs> you don't have to say it, text it, or, or send a dick pic. Right. Like, we know. We're certain of it. If you're out on a date with us, you, you're probably maybe thinking at some point I'd love to put it in, you know? Like, right. at the base level, like, we get that. So, and that's something that you want, and that's fine, because that got you to dinner. <laughs> right. You know? And, and at a certain age, maybe you want great conversation and companionship and laughter. And, may, you know, maybe you want more layers to that, of course. Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, when you're not, when you're focused on connecting with the other person and not thinking about your own agenda, yes, you can tune into and, and read the signals. And is this like kind of a life-changing aha for the men that you're working with? I don't know if it's an aha or not. I mean, you know, when you kind of ask them to do a recap at the end of what they got out of, you know, working with me or the talk for the day, then yeah, I mean, that definitely comes up and they do go out and practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone like dick pics? Do you like receiving? No. Them? I've never met one woman who likes those. I Here's my rule. I have to meet it in person at least once in order to get some type of a dick pic afterwards. Right. If there's a dick pic preceding it, you're, it's not going to happen. And I've even had to have that conversation last week, in fact. Oh, 
like whatever you do, don't. I'm I can hear it in your voice. You're tempted to do it. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> don't trust me. Don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I have male friends who tell me like, oh, I sent her a dick pic and she got pissed. And I'm like, why would you, maybe gay men like that, but I can guarantee that straight women are not, in, that's not a great courtship strategy. No, it's just, so here's, and here's where this is coming from. So like men are ruled visually and women are ruled auditorily. Mm -hmm. So so and this has been my biggest in fact i'm angry today about this this has been my biggest like ugh, frustration with dating is i'm like we have to have some conversations like it can't be all texting and i'm literally like here's the list it's not a big list it's basic human decency and behavior but here are some things you can do in order for me to take my skirt off, right? It's on so the list. <laughs> I need to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. I I have to hear the person's voice. I it gets me excited. Mm -hmm. Um, you can hear the if you're a woman who's sensitive to energy, you can hear the energetic signature. Mm -hmm. I've had heart openings just from talking to a man on the phone because he had like his like right like vocal tone had the keys to unlock my heart mm -hmm. yeah or make more happen than that <laughs> you know just not even talking sexy um so i think i think guys are trying to speak to us in a visual language mm -hmm. and it's not landing in fact it's not working at all and they're like what's wrong and and it's be <laughs> it's because speak to us in our freaking language man get auditory mm -hmm. with us and yeah. be auditory when you are having sex i don't mean talk god talking can be annoying make freaking sounds like sound it out people get primal get loud let us know where you are in time and space when we're having sex with you yeah so i think that's what this is rooted in is they're trying to speak to us in their language and we're trying to speak to them in our language mm-hmm yeah. And it's, it's not to say that we're not visual because we definitely are. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of like that, that kind of fundamental breakdown that has been, um, that we've been wrestling with. What is the dating world like and how have you seen it change and morph throughout your time on the planet? Oh my God. It's tough out there, man. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's really, I really thought that when I got into my fifties, dating was going to be easier. Mm -hmm. I really did. And it's not, mm -hmm. there's a phenomena that I didn't experience in LA that I'm experiencing in Florida. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I call it the lean back. Okay. Even at a restaurant, the guys, I hope my chair reclines far enough. Like the guys are so freaking lean back. I'm like, am I just supposed to jump on your dick? Like, like you, like if they're too relaxed, I'm like lean in, man. So, so do you think that's a relaxation thing? Do you think it's a fear thing? Do you think it's like more an East coast? 
like social etiquette thing? It's not working, whatever it is, wherever it's coming <laughs> from. I'm like, I'm like, you're not on a beach chair. You're at a restaurant. So that's like my little Florida event. Because I think people like, I was in California for about 25 years and I only, this wasn't on purpose, but I only ever went out with guys that were connected as Hollywood in some way. Okay. Even if they were a professional chef, like, you know, it, they were, they were working for the stars. Like there was always some connection. And I think to be there and to be, and to compete in that creative environment, you got to be like a game, a game, a game. So yeah. I'm, I'm used to a game for 25 years and now I'm getting B game, like the beach chair game. So it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely different on the East coast versus the West coast. Yeah. I hear that. I feel like one thing that I've noticed is it seems like men have gotten less courageous, less willing to face rejection in terms of making a move, asking me out, letting me know they're interested. I feel like, and like in my, you know, the story I've made up is that that's because of online dating and waiting to get like a like or a match to have that signal. So that muscle has become atrophied. Is that, have you experienced that? I agree, which is why when someone does approach me in person, even if I'm not interested, I'm so kind mm. and I encourage them and I appreciate, I, I am like, I really appreciate you like approaching me and, you know, I'm either not available or I'm not, there's something here I'm not feeling but I encourage, like, I'm like, please keep approaching women in person. <laughs> like, I'm really nice about it. I'm like, and I'm like, keep going, man. Because you, you had like the courage, good for you. You had the courage to do it in person. I love that. Do you think that's an Aquarian thing? Because I have that too. Like when I see a single person demonstrating a behavior quality that I think is awesome or will help humanity, I'm, I'm like their cheerleader. You know, like keep doing that thing. Yeah, me. I mean, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I have so many friends in astrology, and it's like I don't even need to know it because I'm fed it every day. So right, right. Yeah, I feel like that's a California thing because people are always like, "Oh, you've studied astrology," and I'm like, "No, it's just like the you know the air that I breathe." Yeah, born and raised in LA. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's challenging. Online dating is really challenging because right. So as a woman, like there is that auditory component and we're not getting any of that on online dating. We're getting right. just like the visual. And so I'm going off the visual and I'm seeing, you know, what's appealing to my eyes. Now I've adjusted my vision to be appropriate with my age group, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I don't know if men What do is that. your range? What is your age range? I have on there 40 to 60 and I'm, um, I mean, I don't care if people know my age, like I'm 53. So I feel like that's reasonable. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And is there like, do you see certain, do you make connections with people of a certain age better than others? Mm. Right around 50, I would mm -hmm. say, I, I, right around my natural age, I connect better with.
Mm-hmm. I just think and, there's more commonality. Yeah, of course. And I think Gen X is really specific in our unique experience of, I mean, everything. We're Pluto and Libra. We, you know, we're familiar with the internet, but we grew up without it. There, I think there's just kind of a uniqueness to our generation. Yeah, we. I. I totally. I didn't have my first computer until I was 27. Mm. And, you know, I, in my early 20s or in my 20s, I drove across the United States three times by myself in a little two-seater car with my two cats. I don't think I, I didn't have a cell phone and I didn't have GPS. I had a map. Yeah. And I figured it out, man. (laughs) You know? So, like, it's a very different time to be alive. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I remember in my twenties, I like, you know, bought a one-way ticket to India with a backpack and a couple pairs of underwear and just figured it out. And I had a friend who's in his twenties and he went to Thailand and he was like texting me from Thailand and telling me that he was on Grindr in Thailand. And I was like, wow, that is just such a different experience. Probably had his Airbnb all picked out. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I was on the road, I was gone. There was no way to get, I wasn't in touch with anyone. Like, I was just meditating to California. Yeah, it was so different to take those big trips back yeah. then because we really only had ourselves, uh, you know, and our grit <laughs> to, to rely on. Yeah, and, you know, being aware and street, you know, you kind of got to be street smart about things and it's not like yeah. you're looking at reviews. Yeah. So you, you figure things out. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, because um, I know from your perspective, Me Too is a great thing. Do you do you think it emerged organically? Are you seeing any downsides to that movement and how it's shifted our culture? I don't think, no, I don't think there's any downside to women not being manhandled and raped mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i can't see any if if that if that has led to some com- confusion about permissions between the genders that's a very small price to pay for the light that's been shed on how women have been treated mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel that and what's your take on like a woman taking a meeting with someone in a hotel room at midnight like is there any is there any onus on her for st- for putting herself in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's not normal business hours. And that's right. not, you know, I mean, down in the lobby maybe, like, but midnight in a hotel room um, probably is not gonna lead to anything good. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ironically, you know, I've I met the person that you're referring to, the man, Mm-hmm. And he actually tried to manipulate me and it didn't work. So there we go. Why didn't it work? I trusted in my own power and talent. And then ironically, I ended up and I ended up having a meeting at his production company because my manager set it up. Hmm. Through my that. own, through my own power and talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just trusting that 
I guess. Yeah. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah, this is something that I saw, you know, having grown up in LA. So, you know, I was obviously there for a while. And like, I did see it shift, you know, in terms of shirts getting shorter, tops getting skimpier. And from my perspective, thinking like, that's not super safe. Like it's all, I think it's all on the table, you know, and there are definitely times where I would dress skimpy, less so anymore, but it was always me having my own back and like, okay, if I'm going to a party, like in Crenshaw by myself, I'm not going to dress like that because that's not going to be safe. And so there's one part of, you know, one thing that I'm seeing about this situation is that seeing women not necessarily have their own backs or have that street smarts to know, like if someone's inviting me to their hotel room at 12 o'clock, that's a no. Or if someone's inviting me into their house after a date, if I'm not willing to get naked, then that's also a no. You know, just like seeing where women can take more responsibility so that we are having our own backs. So I've developed a character within myself (laughs) that I call my 1950s father. Okay. So like, you know how, like, and maybe this goes back, I'm probably, I'm sure this goes back way older in time, but I'm like, huh, I gotta put my 1950s dad hat on, you know? Because there would be accountability. Typically people were still, you know, the the woman, the wife and the father were in the home. Um, the, the, the boy or the guy would have to go to the door. Oh, I'm here to take Jennifer out. The father would size him up, you know, maybe what are your intentions with my daughter? You better have her home by 10. So when you say self-responsibility, I've really like developed this kind of, it's almost like a character that I have like fun with. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. What would my 1950s father say right now? And so you you do have to, um, ultimately you have to protect yourself. Yes, exactly. If you didn't have that kind of father... Um, which I didn't really have that kind of father and still don't. It's like a quality that I had to, it's a self-protective mechanism that I had to develop. Yeah. for And good for you for developing that self-protective me- mechanism. You know, I see it from all angles. And, you know, for me, I'm always looking at like, where can I, as a woman, take responsibility? And I think that's something that would be wonderful to start teaching to like junior high school girls is saying mm-hmm. no and, and being really aware of how men, when they see a hot woman, they're not like us where they're like, oh, he's my soulmate and we're going to buy a house together. And they're like, I want to penetrate that. Yeah. And I think this that- go in there. <laughs> right. And I think that women or girls especially don't really get how different we are and how differently we're wired. for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I trust you are enjoying my conversation with Sherry James so much that you are itching to jump in to the second half, which is available on my Patreon for paid subscribers at patreon.com slash Danny Katz. And it's also available for my paid supporters on Locals dannycats.locals.com. Before you head over to either one of those platforms, be sure to hit that subscribe button to like and to share and to thank yourself 
for being Omniscopic Amazingness. See you next time, kids. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.